What the? Mike, did you pick this? What? Hey, welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Terrian. And I'm Scott Lieb. We're two friends who are following Jesus into the joys and challenges of everyday life. What do you what do you bring into the table this morning? Well, I wanted to talk about laughing at ourselves. <laughs> okay. Not taking ourselves so seriously. And uh this is going to sound kind of kind of funny. By the way, sort I'm, of a, I'm a bit of an expert on this. You subject. are, you are, and <laughs> and actually, I think we were both raised this way, mm. which is part of the reason why I wanted to talk about it because I, I'm very grateful for what my dad taught me about that. But what prompted me to bring this forward today was I was I just I I have a little morning devotional and they have these little quotations from different saints every day and they had this one from Aquinas and. And it was just a short little passage that stated how important play and a certain playfulness is in life, that it's, it's actually part of, um, you know, the virtue of temperance, I think. And, um, and I just cracked up because, you know, of course, Aquinas says it in such, a, in such a systematic and philosophical manner. In a very non-playful yeah, way. Yeah, right. But, but, it was, but, but it's actually a very important little statement that he makes. Because uh, you know, well, let's just say that Catholics could probably learn it to uh, learn a thing or two uh, about uh, laughing at ourselves mm. and uh, not taking ourselves so seriously. So anyway, I thought it would be uh, interesting to talk about that today. So mm. yeah, well, I think uh, I mean this this might be too big of a question to start off with, like to throw it back to you, but I'm always interested in. Y- y- you know, talking about the thing that we want to talk about, which is not taking ourselves so seriously. But I'm also always interested in, like, why? Like, why, especially in the Catholic circle, you know, in the Catholic world, why is it that, and I don't, I, you know, I have no idea. Maybe maybe Protestants, maybe non-denominationals, maybe Buddhists and Muslims take themselves really seriously also. And so my uh, my exposure is only limited to to what I'm experiencing day to day, but yeah, there are a lot of I run into a lot of Catholics that take themselves take take life take themselves take like I, and I'm pushing on the other end of that thing, but they take themselves what I would say is a, a bit too seriously, and I'm always like, why is that? Is it a personality thing? Is that person just like maybe? raised to be very serious and very brooding is it like they're afraid what like if if they didn't take things seriously that that uh it would all collapse around them and they would lose control or things would start to you know dissolve into chaos um i don't know like why what in the especially in the catholic world why do you think we have a tendency to take ourselves so seriously. Do you have a yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm going to throw this back at you by saying that, well, not for you to talk more. It's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's funny coming from me. But, um, but I, I, think, uh, I think it's a human problem. And I, and I would say that as, as Christian people, we, part of our experience of following Christ is is that we should learn the importance of laughter and not taking life so seriously. Like, we have no excuse to take life so seriously because, 
because we should have the confidence of faith and we should be filled with hope. And therefore, when things happen, we should be able to laugh at the absurdity of life Hmm. because there's a lot of moments to do that. Hmm. But I think sometimes, you know, we just can be, we can, and I think that maybe this is a distinctly Catholic thing is that I think, at least in the U.S., I I would not say that this is the, the case maybe in other parts of the world, but in the United States, where where we are more familiar uh, with our environments, I, I I do think that we tend to be a little bit on the like the melancholic or the uptight side of things, um, you know, and 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 so uh, there's lots of reasons for that, and I I'd like to kind of try to unpack some of that, but I also think it's also it's an interesting question just to ask. Well, when a person doesn't take themselves seriously, when they can laugh and joke and 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 kid around and and do that, like why why is that? Because that's the anomaly. I, I find that, mm. you know, um, especially among you know Christian people, like why, why, why is a person particularly uh, capable of being more free in spirit and and more able to joke around and yeah. laugh at themselves? I particularly, I want to say, laughing at ourselves. I mean, mm. it's not hard to laugh at other people. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a different problem or a different thing. <laughs> but I mean, laughing at ourselves and. Um, you know, I know for me, my it was really it was my dad who taught me. My mom was a pretty serious and pretty focused individual, but my dad, he he was uh, um, he always would laugh at himself, and he would tell jokes, and he could never get to the punchline. He would start laughing at his own jokes before, and then he would laugh at himself, laughing at his own jokes. Um, but it it but I I learned it. I learned that. Uh, I also had some good friends who were good at teasing and joking and taught me because I tended to be way more serious, more like my mom in that regard. And I had two friends in particular growing up as a kid. They were my two closest kind of playmates, I guess you could say, in my elementary school years. And they were just pranksters and they were always they were always just doing little annoying things. Mm-hmm. But it just forced you to lighten up and, yeah. and to laugh at yourself. And uh, last thing I'll say, and then I'll hand it back to you because I think you, you have something similar to share, but but my um, my dad would, uh, um, he'd always say, you know, it's like if you can't laugh at yourself, you're just going to cry. And and when you learn to laugh at yourself, you'll never run out of things to entertain you. So, mm. And I always thought that was kind of a good, you know, sort of a good life lesson. But, That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah uh, similar, my, my ability to laugh at myself, which, um, yeah, I think it, it what came from... Um, being modeled by by my family in general, you know, and I, it came from the top, from my dad. Uh, very similar, my mom, I think, um, you know, uh, she was always challenged by my dad to laugh at herself more, um, but I don't think that was maybe her, her initial go-to kind of uh, reaction to things. So it was definitely something that my dad um, brought to the family, and for sure from his dad, um, I think his dad, my my grandfather, was probably the, I don't want to say the black sheep of his family at all. That's probably totally incorrect. But he, he was the guy that took himself um, the least amount of serious, from, from what I understand. So, um, you know, this, this is something that's been passed down from generation to generation. And these guys, we talked about this before at some point, but these guys are farmers. And I think the farming mentality is is that, you have a very limited amount of control of things, you know, and a lot of it you just have to leave up 
to God's providence. You know, you do the things that you're supposed to do, but there's a lot that's going on in between that you just don't have control of. And and so there's a there's an inherent, I think, lesson of surrender that kind of happens, you know, a, a letting go of control. And um, and being able to just, yeah, look at things like, well, that just must not be meant to be, you know. And uh, and so we, and I think I've said this before too, but we had this mantra in our family that's like, you only take seriously what needs to be taken seriously. And everything else, and I mean everything else, is open to being teased, to being, you know, like um, there, there's a constant opportunity to be humbled in my family. So <laughs> I never noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> so, even outsiders get to experience yeah. the joys yeah, my gosh, <laughs> of the, Lu- the a, Lieb crucible. It's a glorious <laughs> thing. But, uh, you know, so just, yeah, so many things where I remember growing up, not specific things, but I remember growing up and having those moments where, uh, you know, I wanted to to have something or wanted myself to be taken so seriously or like, wow, I'm so important in this kind of thing, whether it's playing an instrument or whether it's being like, you know, excelling at school. And yeah, my dad would always find a way not to ridicule, not to ridicule or belittle or anything like that, because he was always very affirming of of my talents and my gifts and, and what I had. But it was always in the like, don't think, don't think too much of yourself, you know, like, don't, uh, don't think that, you're somehow going to be like the the next greatest thing, and uh, but in a good way, like in a way that kept me grounded and real and honest. Um, it kept me, I think, honest, especially about the 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 most important virtues and the most important things that I grew up with. So, um, yeah, like I like it. I can look back on that, and and really love that love that about how I grew up um especially because um observing the world around me growing up and observing uh people who maybe didn't have that didn't have that kind of like lessons or those kinds of uh instructions coming down from the top in their family and uh the amount of anxiety the amount of control the amount of uh angst because they didn't have control over things and uh, because they wanted, they didn't, they wanted so desperately this like desire to be heard, to be understood, to be, you know, um, exalted whenever they did great things. And um, so I'm always, I find myself always pushing, pushing back against people that, <laughs> that have a tendency <laughs> to yeah. show that. And, and I invite it myself. I love it. I love, I actually love being, uh, being humble. Teased? I do. Yeah. I do. In fact, I love I love humbling you. Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> whenever I left my youth ministry job in Apollo, uh, they you know the priest wanted to throw this big party for me, and I was like, "That's fine. Like you can invite all the people that you want." I said, "But what I really want is a roast. Like I want to sit in a chair and have people roast me, and that's what it turned into. And it was it was fantastic. Yeah. It really was. Well, it's kind of interesting that you say that because I'm, I'm guessing that." a lot of people would be mortified by something like that. Um, but but I think part of it is, like, I, I think we're bred in this culture to be so self-conscious and, and, and to always strive after all sorts of various forms of perfectionism, that when anything, anything goes, you know, 
wrong in our life or we screw up or we make a mistake or we do something silly or whatever, you know, uh, we're immediately sort of, you know, meant we're, we're, we sort of feel a lot of shame or a lot of embarrassment or humiliation or, and, and the reality is, is, is that if we just pay attention to what it means to be human, this is why we like comedy so much, actually. Like, we need comedy because comedy focuses us on on the absurdities and the ridiculous things that happen in our life when oftentimes in the moment we, we, we can't laugh at those things because we're taking, again, we're, we're caught up in a place where we're just taking ourselves too seriously. Yeah. You know, uh, we, you know, and, but, at the, but when we look back on an experience like that and someone sort of like brings it out in a, in a comedy routine or points the, shines the light on something that we experience, we laugh at it because it is, there's just so many stupid things that happen in our life or, you know, our little foibles or our little, you know, hiccups and our mess ups. And, and, um, and, and I think the more that we can learn to just be secure in ourselves at a more fundamental level, then, then we can let a lot of that stuff go and we can just laugh. Yeah. We can just laugh at it because, um, it, 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 life, life can be way more enjoyable when we can be aware of, those kind of things that are happening and then just kind of laugh about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I always think of things that like, I, I look back again, like my dad, you know, my mom was very prim and proper. And so she never had a, you know, she never had a, you know, anything out of place, you know, a hair out of place. She was always very put together, but my dad was always kind of a, you know, he was a bit of a goofball, but like if he, if he did something silly, like he, I don't know, whatever he would like take a bow, for example, you know what I mean? Like he would, he would uh, draw attention to the fact that he just did something really dumb, <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, or or I was I was often given to a lot of uh, being like facetious comments or he would say something that was really kind of stupid and I would I would make some kind of quippy comment, you know, and I know a lot of dads would just say, hey, you know, you know, stop disrespecting me or, mm-hmm. you know. You know, hit yeah. me up. My dad would burst out laughing. You know, I mean, he would just he would he would just crack up because I I really pulled one on him, and and again that was just such a like he 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 wasn't so big that he couldn't let his son tease him and give it back to him a little bit and right. and uh, and you know and he would do the same thing with me. You know, he I remember one time I'll never forget this. I I made a when I do the dishes at, at home I I'd make a ton of noise a ton of noise. Like I'd be banging on things and I'd be kind of playing air drums on pots and pans and I'd be singing at the top of my lungs. So one time my dad recorded me and, uh, he, uh, he, he had, he called everybody in the family into my bedroom and he played the recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I was singing some Beatles song, I think, or something. I was probably like in sixth grade. I think I was singing, it's a hard day's night. Nice. Anyway, I, I was really embarrassed, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, at the moment, at the time, and at the moment. But, but the thing that my dad was doing is like, Michael, this is just so you. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're just, and and everybody l- had a laugh about it. And and my first response was, I felt really humiliated by that. But, you know, as time goes on, you grow up, you realize, no, like, people are laughing because there are certain qualities in you that they, they find endearing. Or they find it gives them joy, like they, you know, and uh, and it's funny because you know I've turned out to kind of be a little bit of the family, you know, clown. I guess you know I I'm always making the quippy comments or whatever, mm-hmm. and 
and and everybody laughs. But again, that's just something I I I think I learned, you know, from my dad and I had to learn not to take myself so seriously because he wouldn't let me. Right. You know, like yeah. if I if I mess something up, you know, he's just like shake it off, you know, like it's all right, you mm. know. Um Yeah, so. it, you know, as you're talking to him, it just makes me think of this very, very delicate balance between humbling. Yeah, I, I, like I said earlier, being humbled and being grounded um, without being belittled or being demeaned or, b- or you're being made to feel small, you know, like yeah. and and uh, it's a fine line. It is a super fine line. And, and I think, you know. It is a bit of an art form, and I think something that takes a little bit of practice and, like, a, a little bit of trial and error, because, um, you know, I, as you were telling that story, it made me think, I, I played saxophone for, like, eight years of my life, and and in my small, tiny school, and probably in the county, I was I was decent, you know, because I, I practiced a lot, and, and I really loved music, and um, so I would practice in my room. And uh, doing all these like classical pieces and doing you know really technical runs and things like that, and I'm you know feeling pretty proud of myself. And uh, I remember I had a I had a uh, a basement. We lived in like the the lower floor of our uh, well, my bedroom was in the lower floor, and there was a window out there where the ground level was like kind of halfway up, and there was a window well. And our dog would sit out there and just howl. While I was playing, like you know, it's like the classic, like beagle that would be howling to to <laughs> to me playing. That's fine. And uh, yeah, and so it, I think it probably sometimes even to this day, my dad will bring that up. You know, <laughs> like like uh, it, you know, the dog couldn't even uh, you know I couldn't even play better than the dog could sing or something like that. But but then at the same time, you know, like um, my dad would you know go to all of my concerts and always congratulate me on how well I was doing. It's not, you know, it's not as if he was, um, you know, making fun of how I played because he, he knew that I was good and he affirmed that I was good at it. But he, but it was almost like, you know, don't, don't get too inflated of an ego, you know, about what you're doing. Because I probably walked around and sometimes acted like I was, I was the next, uh, you know, Stan Getz or, Kenny G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. In fact, I think they it even go had to your a head. Haircut that looked like Kenny yeah. G. Oh. was disgusting. Oh my gosh, you did? It's terrible. Well, it didn't intend. I didn't intend it to be like that. I wanted to look like Sammy Hagar. Oh, <laughs> but it turned out like Kenny G. It was terrible. <laughs> my gosh, I oh, have to see gosh. a picture of that. that I, don't think, I don't think I've ever seen that picture. Yeah, yeah. But one one other thing I wanted to say was. You know, it's you talked about earlier, like security, having security. And I think that's a for me, um, that was one thing that was going through my head this whole time. Like there it's it's like such a maturation process to come to to be a teenager, you know, and that's probably the time when you most need to be humbled because I'm going through this with my one son who like, you know, thinks he could probably move out tomorrow and manage his own life. And uh, it's hilarious. And uh, so I, I know that when I was younger, I probably had this like overinflated, uh, I, you know, idea of what I could do, who I was, you know, how successful and famous I was going to be at certain things. And um, and then then life happens, you know, and 
sometimes I, I could have pursued certain pursuits of like architectural glory, you know, and um, that road easily could have been open for me. And um, but but the thing was, I discovered and, you know, this, this is the thing about being Catholic and being a person of faith. Like I discovered the Lord at some point in a very deeply personal kind of way. And my perspective changed. And that helped. I think that helped to take all those lessons of humility and being humbled and like thinking less of myself, not thinking of myself, thinking of myself, not in a lesser kind of way, like, oh, I'm demeaning. a terrible, but yeah, not like in a demeaning, demeaning way, yeah. but just not thinking of myself as often or my needs or my like yeah. aspirations and being and being more like, what does the Lord want? And as I as I started going through that journey, that ability or that perspective, that lens of seeing life through that <laughs> automatically kind of made me laugh at myself way more, you know, and but in a way where I could be like, it doesn't matter because I know that I know that the Lord like I know that I'm loved and cherished and all those things. And I had a security from my that came from my faith that it's like it didn't matter what what I look like to the rest of the world. And that's that was huge for me. Yeah. Enormous. Yeah. Well, I think something that you, you haven't stated outright, but I think it's kind of at the center, is that that sense of security is rooted in having a deep sense of being loved. You know, people, you can't, you can't tease someone with whom you don't have a good rapport or a good connection. Um, and you can't, you know, and, and, you, and it's not, you, it's hard to be teased unless you know that the one, you know, who's doing that is, is it really cares about you. Um, you know, so like I do, I think about my good friend Paul when I was growing up. I mean, that guy was just one prank after another. But, and, and I, and, and I was like, I was a very, I was at that time a pretty serious, I still am a serious person, but I've learned not to take myself so seriously, not to, la you know, learn how to laugh at myself, you know, and, um, but, you know, part of that was just like, he grew up in a family that was just comedy central, his dad was hilarious. His dad was one of the funniest people I ever knew as a kid. Like, he was so—he was a stand-up comic in his own right. And actually, his older brother went on to be a professional oh, wow. comedian. Yeah, he was a ventriloquist. And hilariously funny family. Uh, they were all kind of entertainers in one way or another. But—and I and I also—I kind of like—I I sort of marvel at the providence of God in that, because I was a much more melancholic, very deeply contemplative type of soul, very— you know, always looking inward and very introspective. And God put this kid in my life, you know, uh, to be really, he was one of my closest friends growing up all the way through high school. And he was just someone who was like, you know, he would eat like, he would eat a cracker and he would just blow the crumbs in my face. Like, like he would <laughs> pretend like he wasn't doing it, but, but, or, or he would, he would get an orange peel and he would squeeze the juice and hit me in the eye. Oh, god! Yeah, I mean, he would just constantly do stuff like this. And I'd get all mad, and he would just laugh in my face because he just thought it was so hilarious. But the point is, is like, you know, I could have I could have um, just gotten mad and said, you know, you're not my friend anymore. But th th there was a playfulness in that. Like, he taught me how to lighten up, Tarion. Mm -hmm. You're so uptight. You're like, lighten up. Have right. some fun, you know? I think of—my I my mind's going in a million directions right now as we're thinking about this, because I just <laughs> think there's so many different versions of uptightness, you know? Like, yeah. I think of kids on the, on the athletic field, you know, who make a mistake. 
and then they just carry on. They just go. They just explode, and it it's this big drama, you know. Mm-hmm. And and they act like, oh my gosh, like you've never dropped the ball before. This is the first time you've ever done it. You're you're like perfect. How can you? How you know? But they they right. treat themselves that way. Yeah, like yeah. oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. And you're like you you like drop about four out of five passes that are given to you every like right. like get over it. Get over yeah. yourself. Like yeah, just. Yeah. You just got to get better at right. that. But, um, you know, or, you know, there's some people that are, are so self-conscious that, um, and I would say that, you know, in, in many years of my life, I've fallen into this one, which is, you know, so worried about, you know, uh, how you look. And so, you know, everything's got to be done to the to the nines, you know. You're just perfectly dressed up and you're just overdone all the time. And, you know, there's people, whether it's men or women, guys, girls, whatever, you know, and you're like, like, really? Like, like. It, it's just a little much, you know, or yeah. there's some people that are real rule followers and everything's got to be, you know, every T's got to be crossed and every I's got to be dotted, you know, and right. and I just think, you know, I, I really, you know. And if you don't fold your hands a certain way, it's a lack of reverence or. You know, <laughs> oh, geez, are we we got to get, <laughs> we can get into that in a minute, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, just establishing the general problem is that, it, you know, like I, God God has a sense of humor, like, and he he made us to laugh, and he mm. he made life uh, oddly absurd in so many ways, and and also we're very we're very vulnerable, and we're very um, uh, susceptible to just you know follies and fumbles and whatever, and and if you if we can't learn to just kind of like roll with these things a little mm. bit, and it's not easy, it's not, it's not it comes easier to some people than others, but. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that kind of that playful spirit uh, is important, and I think that we have to be able, you know, in the context of friendship and love, we have to be able to tease each other. We have to be able to laugh at ourselves, sure, you know, and and all of that because I think it brings a certain levity and lightheartedness to life, versus being so self conscious and and um, you know or so scrupulous or you know yeah. whatever whatever well, the case may be. There's three things, uh, you know, you. For me, like I'm just trying to think of the important words here in that, and one is um, the, probably the biggest challenge that that we have is self consciousness. You know, like it's it's hard to laugh at yourself if you feel like you have to project or present a like a perfection yeah, or, or a, a certain perform all the time. Uh, yeah, perform all the time. You know, look a certain way, be a certain way, even if it's not naturally who you are, but you need. You know, and and so self-consciousness, I think, or the ability to, like, move on from self-consciousness and not be self... That's huge. That is enormous. But, and I think the other word that goes with that is that you, you can't really go beyond that until you have a security in some kind of... Until you feel secure in some way. You know, you were like... You said being loved, you know, like being... There's a, there's a ton of security in feeling like you're loved even when things don't go well, or even if things don't look perfect, you know, that you have that security that you're, you're loved, you're, you feel safe, you feel protected, you know, and I think that for me, it's hard to, it's hard to find those things. And I think I sought those things in, in the regular world for a long time. Um, I remember being in high school and that, I mean, everybody's self-conscious in high school, but 
remember getting jeans passed down from my brother and they were bell bottoms, you know, and it by then bell bottoms had passed, you know, and so I was like, I can't I cannot go to school wearing these like everybody is going to make fun of me. I was so, you know, sweating, probably made myself sick, like thinking about it. So to the point where my mom, God bless her, was like she went and took it and cut up the like seam of the jeans on the leg and cut out a little triangle and then brought those two pieces together and re sewed that seam so that they look like tapered jeans. <laughs> and I think about that now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so pathetic. <laughs> you know, like wow, really? Just take me to the store and get a new pair no, of jeans. Not, no, not us. Not yeah. us, man. But um <laughs> yeah. and that's okay. Like uh, that's what I mean. Like wow, she she had such a heart that she that she did that to alleviate my anxiety of self consciousness. But I you know like but I look back on that like wow that's what a what a um like being bound like being shackled by this this feeling that i had to look a certain way to be comfortable to be secure you know like and and then in my life now fast forward like for all the awesome things that have happened to me to take me out of that and that experience of freedom like being free of that like not like you said, your dad would trip over something over the curb, you know, and almost fall down and stumble and get up and wave at people, you know, like, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Like, that's man, that's a beautiful place to be. And I like I always want to, I always like I'm always desiring that for other people to experience that because there is a ton of freedom in that. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I think you're right that that if there's a confidence that you have to attain and it's learned. It's it's learned, and I think that part of part of that moving from self consciousness to the realization that there's a lot of things in life that we just shouldn't take that seriously. Mm. And you you said it earlier. There are things that we should take very seriously, and we shouldn't make light of, or we shouldn't make fun of. Sure. But you know, there's just so many things that happen in our life that just shouldn't be taken that seriously. Uh, they're neither here nor there, or it's just part of life. But we can we can take ourselves so seriously and take these things so seriously that it really robs us of inner peace. It robs us of that freedom, uh, and and it's hard to experience joy. It's hard to experience gratitude. It's hard to it's hard to be lighthearted when you know you're 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 first of all you're just navel gazing because you're just you're running through things in your head where you you feel so humiliated. You right, know, right. when really you should just laugh it off. Like literally, you should just laugh it off. Um, or even if you made a mistake, so what? Yeah. Like it. It's um, you said something wrong, or you know, whatever. I mean, I can think. There's so many examples that that we encounter every day. But but I just think learning to uh, to remain really detached from our ego, and and able to just to step back and. To, you you know we literally should be able to look back on any day and crack ourselves up oh absolutely you know, and and just go oh my gosh that was ridiculous yeah you know yeah which which is an amazing i mean like not to not to share another example but of um because i don't i don't always do this successfully but i feel like i you know i'm at a point where there's a fair level of detachment and you know the story but and i will make it very brief but it's it's the whole Panama story. Like, oh, yeah. 
And uh, just for for the listeners, um, my wife and I celebrated our 25th anniversary in Panama on this remote island of like six overwater bungalows. And halfway through our trip, um, we're getting ready for dinner, and we're we're in the bottom floor of our bungalow, and we realize that the the main floor outside of the the door of the bathroom was uh, totally on fire, and so. We had no, we had nothing left to do but run off of the deck into the Caribbean Ocean and swim away as quickly as possible because it was hot. And so we're swimming, we're like 50 feet out, the propane tank explodes, the whole place goes down. And we, we have this realization like, oh my God, all right, everything that we brought, like luggage, cash, phones, bank cards, passports, every every single thing except the towel that I was wearing in the water was gone. And hilariously enough... Did, did you... What? You didn't have clothes on? No, no. I won't ask you to And it was a pink story. towel. It was a pink <laughs> towel. And, uh, but here's a great story to follow that up. But real, real quick to end this, I remember having a thought while I'm out there thinking to myself, and I look at Becky and I'm like, you know... We're in the middle of the Caribbean Ocean. Like, this could be worse. Like, the water is perfectly calm. It's very, you know, warm. And uh, while we're watching, we could be somewhere worse watching all of this go down. So, hey, we're in the Caribbean. It can't be that bad, you know. And then the rest of the trip was spent trying to get ourselves home. But here's a hilarious part. Also, talk about humility and my family not taking things seriously. I get a care package in the mail when we get back in this card nondescript cardboard box and we open it up and there's a card from my aunt and underneath the the tissue paper in there was a pink towel just for me <laughs> just for you <laughs> that's a great reminder like that is. Don't, you know things things were okay like it could have yeah you know. well and and yeah there's a certain realization that uh you know no matter what's going on god is god is there and he's and he's helping out but <laughs> the pink towel. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, it's great. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'll ever get tired of hearing that story. No. It's like, but, it, but it is <laughs> like, it, you know, there, I, I, whenever I'm telling that story to a lot of other people, some of the reaction that I get is people are, are their minds are blown because of the perspective that I'm, that I'm like sharing with them that we had in that moment. And it was real. Like that perspective was real, which was, what are we going to do? Like, there's, we have nothing to do here except rely on the providence of God and, and you know, try to just take the next first step and see what happens. And that's okay. Like, it, it was, it, there was that sense of security that even in the midst of that, it would be okay on some level. And, um, and people are like, I would have been freaking out. I would have, like, crawled up into a ball and, you know, had just not been able to do anything. And, and, and in those moments, I'm like, Man, thank God. Thank God I like thank God I do have that ability to be like I don't like recognizing when I'm not in control and being able to surrender that. And that does give me the ability to be out there and kind of laugh while we're watching everything burn to the ground and sort of laugh like this is so absurd. Like what the heck are the chances that this could happen and it's happening to us? Like Wow, this is amazing. It's it's absurdly comical. Yeah, but yeah. what's amazing is that you see it you see it that way. That's a that's sort of a frame of reference. Like you 
your ability to look into a situation like that, it would be easy to just, you know, get get all, you know, overwhelmed and 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 not that there weren't overwhelming moments like for example when you were trying to get some clothes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> figure out uh, you know, oh, gosh, that's how are so you, funny. How are you going to get home? How are you going to get passports and all that? But right, right. but but you did maintain like like a ridiculous level of calm through that whole experience, you know, we learned once you got back. But uh but yeah, I think that uh that's a perspective. Your ability to see you know the providence of God, and to see it as a kind of, a, a kind of a comedy. I mean, when you think about a yeah. comedy, there's always a turn of events, right? You know, there's a certain set of expectations that it's going to be one way, and then it turns out suddenly in a very different way. You know, many things in life work out that way. But but the the, com- the comedy part of it is is that somehow something good comes out of the other side of that, and it's you know, I mean, it can be any number of things, but but that's what gives us the ability. Um, you know, to, uh, to to find some humor in the absurdity of it, but also just to, again, not take life so seriously. Like, you you know, you were close to, you could have died oh, in that sure. situation. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that, that, that experience gives you the ability to appreciate the value of life. Yes. Uh, appreciate uh, the warmth of the Caribbean. You yep. know, all sorts of things yeah. sort of <laughs> right. emerge in that. Yes. But you have to have, you know, you have to have the right perspective, and you have to be able um, uh, to laugh and and find, um, uh, you know, to find the irony, yeah. you know, of of life. And um, and again, just realize that what happens here is not ultimate. Like it's not, um, you know. There's a lot of things that are far from perfect, mm. you know. Um, yeah, it's funny. I remember. I just have to tell the story because it just popped into my head. So I, I, when I was in, in college, I was at Gonzaga, and one of my last courses, my spring semester, my senior year was, was drama. I had to take a, a, a fine arts class to graduate. So I took I took drama, and we had a great like drama professor there, but he, he was. This is no joke. He was in the middle of giving a lecture. We're all sitting in the in the audit, you know, in the in the theater in the auditorium. That's where we had class. And he's up there and he's giving this lecture. He's very serious, you know, and he's telling us. And all of a sudden, he just lets out this huge fart, like <laughs> really loud. And he just paused. And then everybody just burst into laughter yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was so hilarious. You're like, I'm like, I cannot believe. That you just did that, but that that moment turned into a twenty minute lecture that he gave on humor. Sure, yeah. and and what he explained <laughs> in that was was you know you know within the when it, within a social setting, there's always a certain set of expectations about how things are supposed to play out. Yes, and when something doesn't play out that way, you know, um, the the humor emerges. Like if you can step back. And and see the contrast between the way you thought it should be and the way it actually was, you know. So it's not your expectation that you're going to get up in front of a group of college students and you're going <laughs> to lecture, and then suddenly you're going to not be able to control right, right. your gas. Yeah. And uh, and so you laugh at that moment because it kind of releases a certain tension. Like, oh, that wasn't. I get this all the time. Like on Instagram, I watch these, I watch these reels that people make of. Like I was just watching one the other day. And I don't know. I mean, it's 
maybe it's bad that I laugh at this so hard. But this guy was like on a pogo stick. He was jumping. He was he must have been getting four feet off the ground, and right. he just didn't come down right. And he did a face plant. I mean, he went face first into the concrete, and he was like, "Help!" Oh, <laughs> and I mean, I just burst out in laughter when I saw that. I'm sure it hurt so bad, but it's like. <laughs> He's bouncing oh, with all the confidence in the world, right? Yeah, you know, just yeah. so sure of himself. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly, the 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 absolute limit of gravity and all sorts of other things just yeah, met yeah. him face oh, to yeah. face. Yeah, and he met the concrete face to face. My God! But I see these people go off jumps on bicycles and mm. stuff like this. But you know, and it's it is comical. It's posted. Those reels are posted to make people laugh, yeah. and it's because of the absurdity of the things in our finite and limited life that can go so wrong. Right. And yet, somehow it's part of the texture of life. It's part of what it means to be human. It's part of what it means to have a body. So there you are out in the middle of the Caribbean in a pink towel while your cabana is blowing up. I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's... it's and, the, and the more absurd, the more comical it is sometimes. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, it's, uh, wow... Yeah, gosh, there's so many examples of that. And I like how you said it, that, you know, we, we go in with an expectation, you know, I, I go in with an expectation of how something is supposed to look or supposed to be. And the ability to be able to to see when it doesn't go like that and to be able to be like, that's funny. Yeah. Because I never could have predicted yeah. that it would be like that, you know? No, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I, you know, another thing my dad would say, don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, it's a common saying, but it's true. Like, we can we can be too uptight and, and too, because we have too many control issues. Like, that's ultimately what comes down. And those control issues are oftentimes about how we present ourselves to the rest of the world. Like, we're terrified of being laughed at. We're being we're terrified of screwing up. We're terrified of not looking perfect or not performing right. And the, the reality is, is that that just robs you of joy. Sure. Whereas the Lord, I think, he created humor. Like, he made life absurd in many ways. Not around the things that are really sacred and, and, and rever, you know, reverential and holy and solemn. Mm. But there are so many things that we experience day to day in life that we just have to learn how to laugh at. Uh, and it makes life so much more enjoyable uh, because of the absurdity of things that just don't go the way we expect them to, mm-hmm. or um, the little follies, you know, and fumbles of life. And, uh, you know, the, the something my dad taught me, and I'll end here, is that, you know, I, I, he, he was, we had his funeral in March. I've mentioned this before. He died in February. One of the things that was said at, his, at the funeral, and then many people, he says, your dad's laugh. Your your dad's sense of humor. Mm. He also had a temper. I think I've talked about that too. He could be, he he could really bl- blow up. He's pretty temperamental, but but he had such a great sense of humor, and he would just he would just erupt into laughter, uh, because he was so good at laughing at himself, mm. and not taking himself so seriously, and also just laughing at kind of slapsticky humor, like just things that you know slapstick humor is funny precisely because. It, it highlights something that happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, the comic teaches us to not take ourselves so seriously. Like, just yeah. stop and laugh, you know, right. lighten up. So I'll end with, you know, things that my friends used to tell me all the time. Tarion, 
You just got to lighten up. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. I love it. All right. All right, man. Good conversation. Yeah. All right. Well, see you we'll, next time. Yeah. We'll see you soon. All right, bye. The Wise Guys Podcast is a production of Preambule Group, a Catholic ministry dedicated to helping you thrive in the heart of Jesus. Visit us on the web at preambula.org and follow us on social media.